You know, as an entrepreneur, I understand how much creating more wealth and abundance is important to you. And it's important to me too. After all, we don't need to be broke healers or broke entrepreneurs or call our amazing business a small business or a hobby, which is why I have just released the Abundance Power Duo. It is absolutely free right at my website, emilyarons.com. You can sign up today, get your Abundance Power Duo for free and start clearing the blocks that may be blocking you without you even realizing it. The best part of all is that these aren't just like two minute little freebie junky meditations. These are actually meditations that I use myself personally and that are found inside of the Mastery and Ascension membership, which is a gated community. You have to pay to play. So the fact that I'm giving these away for free is kind of bonkers. And I want you to have the best results possible, which is why I'm giving you the best meditations to unlock abundance and get you into the flow so that you can serve at your highest level. Get the Abundance Power Duo today over at emilyarons.com. And don't be stingy. Tell all of your friends they should get it too. It's free for everybody, even if they're not a podcast listener like you are. But hopefully they will be because they're making good decisions. Grab your Abundance Power Duo right now over at emilyarons.com. Back to this episode. Welcome back. This is episode 392 of the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. This week, I have a special guest, Monica Rogers, who is here with me. I was lucky enough to be a guest on her recent podcast, so we'll have that link in the show notes. Make sure you check that out. But this week's podcast is for you if you have struggled with perfectionism in any way. And what's really fun is that as we are diving into this, Monica really helped me to point out some real sneaky ways that I was being a perfectionist, even though I'm like, no, totally. I don't, I'm not a perfectionist. And then she helped to really spotlight something fun for me, or maybe not so fun. But if you have that inner critic that you're finding that is running the show and really stopping you, maybe you call your inner mean girl, Monica shares some really simple ways that you can address those inner critics and to overcome perfectionism. And we break it down into basically five simple steps at the end of the episode. So you're going to want to tune into those steps at the end. But as we get into this episode, you're going to hear really Monica's Dark Knight of the Soul story. And I think what's so special about her sharing this story with all of us is that 2022, as we know, has been shaking things up. And I've been pivoting My friends have been pivoting. My clients have been pivoting. There's so many shifts and pivots that are happening that I really believe this episode is going to be a great one to re-listen to as the year continues so that we can be reminded about our inner critics and if we're having those tendencies towards perfectionism and how we can really shift past that. So here is this week's podcast episode. I would love for you to just pause it right here, take a quick screenshot And tag me in your Instagram story if you are listening. I always love to see when listeners share that they're loving the episode. And if you haven't left a review yet over on iTunes, make sure you do and click that little follow button. It used to be called subscribe. Now it's follow on iTunes. So make sure you do follow along so you don't miss an episode. And if you don't know already, we're shifting the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast to become every other week so that you have some more time if you need to catch up on older episodes 
or week to week so that you're not really bombarded with more stuff. I don't want to bombard you with stuff. I want to give you amazing content that is high, high value so that you continuously gain something from each and every episode, whether it's with me solo or with a guest. Anyway, enough about that. Let's get into this week's episode with Monica Rogers. You're listening to the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. I'm your host, Emily Ahrens. I'm an entrepreneur and highly sought after energy healer with over two decades in practice. I'm a mixture of high vibe energy and cutting edge strategy with a little dash of unfiltered real talk, making this the one and only podcast that gives you a down to earth approach to business and spirituality. Tune in each week to get out of the stress of overworking so you can build a brand in alignment with your soul's purpose. If there's one thing I've learned the hard way, It's that you have to stop looking outside yourself for the answer and start looking within. We all have a unique path and it's time you start trusting in yourself. The truth is you already have everything you need. You just need to learn how to access it. Now, let's dive in. It's time you experience business and soul alignment. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. I'm really happy to be here. You know, I love having guests on with me because the energy is always bonkers and so good. And my guest, Monica Rogers, is here with me today. And this is now our official third Zoom call together. We're actually geographically close, but this is our third Zoom call together. Our first one was supposed to be like, hey, let's just like meet people from the internet online and say hello. And we had such resonance that we just started cracking up hysterically. And this is basically what happens every time we get together. We just smile and crack up. And then we're like, shoot, we're not even recording this. We should record. I literally had to shut us up because I'm like, okay, this is too good not to record. So this is how we're just opening the podcast with like TMI. But this is Monica Rogers. I love when my guests do their own introductions. I think that sometimes it's just more present and authentic versus me reading your beautiful bio, which is beautiful. But welcome to the podcast, Monica. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Emily. It's so good to be here. And yeah, I was actually thinking about my bio earlier and thinking I have to change it because I think that I lied in it. I think it says I'm a tireless advocate and I'm really tired right now. (laughs) Edit, cross out. <laughs> right, right. Or just, exhausted. you know, exa- <laughs> I'm an exhausted advocate. Yes. Sounds so good. That really rings, <laughs> it really rings true. <laughs> right. So now your listeners are getting a small taste. Yes. Of like right. what happens when you and I connect. It's just so good. I just... I love me some Emily. I do. And for your listeners, I was just telling her that we just finished editing the podcast that she and I produced, what, a month ago. And it was just a riot. And my husband edits. And so he was just cracking up. So after you guys listen to this one, you can go over and listen to that one. Yeah, we'll have the we'll have your podcast that I'm a guest on in the show notes once this one comes out. So it'll be perfect little one hand washes the other, you know, situation. So first of all, I definitely want our listeners to know more about you and how you got into this space that you're in. Let's start from the top and bring people in a little bit. So um, tell them a little bit more about how you got to this place and who you are. 
Yeah. So, okay. So I founded the Revelation Project, but I also like to say that it found me and it happened through a dark night of the soul 13 years ago. And I didn't even have language for that. You know, I was somebody who was like, really like this about woo, you know, where, where Emily on our podcast, she was like, I'm all the woo, like, give me all the woo. Right. And I, I wasn't like that. I was really like, to me, if somebody said like goddess, I just would kind of cock my head. And that was in the same realm as unicorns for me, (laughs) you know, like, I just was, you know, really like suspicious of all of it. And yet I've always been very spiritual. So I think it was more like trying to find my own language and I was never given spiritual autonomy growing up. So I didn't realize like, it's always hindsight's 2020, right? And it's like, when you look back at your life, even though I didn't think I grew up in a very strict necessarily home the hysterical part is my mother was a nun. She left the convent to marry my father. So it was really kind of, you know, there was a very, it was like you you had to bowl inside of the bumpers people, you know, like you didn't, you didn't go off the rails, you know? And I, I was actually writing a piece about this yesterday because I, I had language for things inside myself. I just didn't ever, speak it out loud. And Mm. so I I would call, I always knew things and I didn't know how I knew them. So I just called those things, the knowing. And if somebody would say, how did you know that? I would say "Mm, the knowing told me, you know, (laughs) and that's not weird at all, by the way. No, not at all. Yeah. Knowing. It's the knowing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Got it. And it is the knowing is your clear cognizance. It is the knowing. I a hundred percent agree with that statement. Right. And I would only say that to very, very close friends. But (laughs) to go back to your question, you know, I really think at that time in my life, I was exhausted. I was and not the kind of exhausted I was just joking about. (laughs) Uh, I was the kind of exhausted where I was just doing all of the performative things that we women can do, right? I was wearing all the masks, the good girl mask, the perfect wife mask, the perfect mother mask. And I was, you know, doing a great job, you know, really successful as an entrepreneur and also really empty, really overwhelmed. I had so much that I was numbing out in terms of how I truly felt And it was like, I was living a double life. I had the truth deeply kind of suppressed within myself and I was performing on the outside and like being, you know, Mm. basically dying on the inside Mm. for the the longest time. And I think that part of what happened for me was I started praying without realizing that I was praying, but it was kind of like the kind of prayer that goes, please don't make me do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm so grateful that somebody was listening, you know, and I wasn't grateful at the time, but the disguised gift was that literally my whole world fell apart. And so Mm -hmm. that happened during the economic crash in 2008, 2009. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At that time I was raising venture capital. I had, I was retailing and wholesaling all over the country. I was, I mean, it was nuts. You know, I was mothering two small children 
I was in a really uh, rocky, turbulent marriage that wasn't working. Mm. And so as things started to fall apart, it was like I was building a metaphorical pyre, you know, a fire in the middle of my life. And I just kept throwing things on top. Yes. And another thing. Yes. (laughs) And there's my relationships and my work. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we can all resonate with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I ended up actually also becoming very ill. Mm. And, you know, I didn't realize what a teacher, all of these, you know, I had been avoiding this suffering, this pain, you know, all my life, right? I think I had always been acutely aware of my own suffering, but I had always run from it. I had avoided it. I had resisted. And I just got to the point where my body actually held the wisdom. My body was like, no more, we can't do this anymore. And it kind of shut down. And it was like, it was everything. It was like my nervous system, my adrenal glands, you know, I I had a massive kind of like autoimmune thing come up Mm. and I ended up in bed for nine months. And that was what I now know to be a descent, you know, Mm. it was kind of like a descent into the underworld to meet all of the ghosts that I had been running from. Yes. And so when you talk about, you realized you had adrenal issues, you had autoimmune stuff going on. How was it that you discovered that? Because I think there's this like gray area where people are like, I feel like hell and now I'm starting to get treatment, but there's this little gray area that they don't really quite know what's wrong and maybe don't find help for a little while or find the right help with the right combination of helpers. So how did you discover that you had these things going on with you? Well, I I had already known that I had the autoimmune disorder, but I wasn't taking care of myself. Okay. So it just got worse and worse and it was hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I didn't know how to care for myself. I didn't know how to nurture myself. I didn't know how to love myself. Well, that's, Mm. that's what I call it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, I just lived with this kind of low level self-loathing and how that was exhibited was by, you know, just really overdoing it. I had no boundaries at that point in my life. Mm. I had, I didn't have access to my true voice. You know, I was doing the pretty pleasing and polite thing (laughs) that so many of us do because of course that's how we're socialized. So that gray area was like, I knew, right. But it's like, it just got worse and worse and worse. And believe it or not, what kicked it off was I got a vaccine flu, a typical flu vaccine. I had never Mm. even had vaccines before. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. um, meaning since I was a kid, but that's actually what tipped it over. And I think my immune system just went crazy at that time. And I ended up, like I said, with like, just, it was really bad, like inflamed joints. And Mm. I think I was kind of just tipping right over into new territory with that autoimmune disorder. Wow. Wow. And it's interesting that you talk about yeah, not having boundaries and not being able to speak your truth. I mean, these are different energy centers. As we know, our throat chakra is all about speaking our truth. And that's where your thyroid is. So I think it's an interesting correlation to specifically point out to listeners 
because I've been talking more about the physiology, not just the energy component, but how our energy and our physiology are intertwined and not separate. So that's a perfect example. Thank you very much. That's a perfect example <laughs> of how the energy starts to become stagnant and not just an energy block, but a physical blockage as well that we have to, to treat. So treating your adrenals and treating uh, autoimmune dysfunction is a big undertaking. I mean, I know plenty of folks who just are in constant state of treating autoimmune. It doesn't really ever stop. So, you know, that must have been a journey in and of itself as you're having this dark night of the soul kind of all at the same time. And lawsuit and right. Like it was literally all of it. I mean, when I say that, you know, I look back and here's the truth too. I didn't have access to so many of the mythologies or the herstory, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we think about, you know, who runs the world. Right. And it's mm-hmm. not, not necessarily women mm-hmm. and right. And so there was a way, like when I say the goddess and the unicorn were in the same realm for me, I mean it like I really even in school, like growing up and learning about some of the mythologies, nothing was ever pointed out the way that I've discovered it now and understood that all of these stories and mythologies have been co-opted or buried or suppressed Mm -hmm. for women, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until later that I, that I stumbled across the journey or the underworld journey of Inanna Hmm. and understood it from a perspective, from a mythological or a you know, like these are the stories that actually help us to understand our human condition, mm-hmm. right? And so well, there's a way that we don't normalize those initiations in our lives. And that's what I was going through. I was going through an initiation. I was going through this dark night of the soul so that I could kind of go down seven and you come up eight, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's how it happens. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't until I kind of faced all of that and came out the other side that I realized like, wow, that was such a gift. That was such a disguised gift because it forced me to learn how to love myself. Hmm. And, and I also think it's so important that we normalize it because that's where most people give up. And I almost Mm -hmm. did, Mm -hmm. you know, like I had thoughts of suicidal ideation. I was, I mean, nothing was happening right for me at that time. I was, I was like, I might as well end it. Right. And how natural, how normal. I mean, those are normal thoughts that anybody would think if they're having those that many crossroads happening simultaneously. It's like, I can't take any more and enough is enough. And we can't see the forest through the trees. We don't know it's all for something. We don't have any of that kind of like hindsight, like, don't worry, it's going to be okay one day. It doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like it's that's it. Right. And I didn't have anybody to say it's going to be okay. I mean, Mm -mm. so again, when I look back, I'm like, Kali, now I know Kali's the great destroyer, right? She left me my children and that's about it. And And I'm so grateful, right? Like at that time in my life, because even my family kind of departed, you know, it was literally Mm. like, you didn't get divorced in my family. And so like, nobody was talking to me and anybody who's listening, who's had a divorce knows that everybody thinks it's contagious. So you're not (laughs) like being invited to the latest dinner party. You know what I mean? It's going to get on me. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, like the other couples are just like, obviously she's not coming over. Yeah. 
Hey, listeners, I wanted to take a quick break in this week's episode to just highlight how important it is that we talk about the added stress, depression, and anxiety that's affecting all of us globally, but especially for our kids and teens. And if you don't already know about it, I've created an incredible resource It is an on-demand, energy-infused meditations. They release stress, they calm anxiety, and they increase happiness and well-being for our kids and our teens. And the reason why I've created the Light Up Breathe membership is because there has been so much reported, especially by the World Health Organization, that one in seven adolescents are experiencing depression, anxiety, and behavioral issues. We know that suicide rates are higher and children even as young as three years old are being diagnosed with depression. So if you have a loved one in your life, a kid, a teen who is really suffering from increased anger, fear or worry, they have some bullying or or like social stressors that they've been experienced or just heightened mood swings and emotions, this might be just the perfect resource for them. The best part of all is the Light Up Breathe membership has a private podcast. So what that means is they can access these amazing meditations right from their app on their phone or device. They don't have to log in. You don't have to share passwords with them. And it's just amazing resource. So you can head over right now to emilyarons.com forward slash L-U-B for Light Up Breathe membership. This is the Kids and Teens Mindfulness Support Meditation Membership. I would love to see you in there. We've been having so many positive responses from kids and teens through using these meditations that it's really helping them to process their day, their feelings, and they're feeling lighter and they're feeling that sense of well-being. So if that's something that you're looking for for a kid or a teen in your life, I would love to have you join us, emilyarons.com forward slash L-U-B. I actually, I was reading a book a couple of years ago when my husband and I were at a real critical point and it was about conscious uncoupling and about having conversations with your close friends. And, you know, because there is this weird conversation that happens without having the conversation. And it's like, well, we obviously have to pick one or if we don't pick anybody, we just break up with each other at the same time that they're breaking up. So it's really interesting that you bring that up as well. <laughs> but Kali is the great story. So Having no support and the family situation is kind of shifting and changing as you're going through this dark night of soul, what starts to shift for you? I mean, like, obviously something had to give, something had to crack. You're being cracked open in every way. Something had to start to shift. Well, yeah, I mean, it it started to shift. I would say that, that this is kind of where the mystical and the magic kind of starts to come in because, you know, again, when, when I think of how I was, you know, and where I was in my life. I just, there was no magic. There was no mystery. Right. Mm. And, and this was where I, like I said, I kind of started to pray. Mm. Um, but in that, in that negative way, right. (laughs) Like I can't do this anymore. And so I actually remember hearing my inner voice for the first time. Like I I kind of was like, who said that, you know, but, (laughs) but, but one of the things right kind of before I went to bed was I remember, I remember the voice saying, just let go. And, and I was kind of like, what? No, uh uh-uh, no. Like if I let go, like it's all going to fall apart, you know, like who's going to hold the world together if Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. And the voice was kind of like, ah, that's the point, you know? (laughs) And so like, 
this inner voice, you know, we all have, we all have an inner voice. It was just honestly the first time in my life that I think I started listening to it and hearing it. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a way that when everything else fell apart, I could discern that there were these panicked voices, right? Which I now know that are those inner critics, mm-hmm. But there was also this very calm, very peaceful voice. And if I could tune into that voice, that was the voice that I let guide me through this nightmare. Mm. And that was the voice that seemed to hold the wisdom. Mm. And that nine month period was really difficult. At the time, I was lucky enough, my uh, cousin was living with me. And she was helping take care of the kids because I was, when I say I was really quite incapacitated, it was, you know, like I could get out of bed in the morning, get the kids ready for school, but I would come home and I would sleep all day. Right. Mm. It was like that Mm -hmm. depression. It really is a heavy, physical, very weighted feeling. And, and so, but I was also dreaming and I'm not somebody that often remembers dreams. Like I tend to sleep really heavily, Mm -hmm. Um, but these were almost like, these were different dreams. They were, some of them were lucid waking dreams, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was literally like, I feel like this time in my bed, it was like, I was in the wilderness, like some kind of soul wilderness. And what I was doing though, what I started realizing was I was going back to places in my life where I had memories and I started to get really curious about why I was remembering certain things that I hadn't before. Hmm. And what I realized later was I was, it was like, I was going back to reclaim those parts of myself. It was literally yes. like my own shamanic journey. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say in shamanism, it's called soul retrieval. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing your own soul retrieval. Yeah. I was doing my own soul retrieval. And the book that I had, it was really interesting because I started having these miracles show up in my life. And right before I went to bed, I closed down one of the stores. And I remember my neighbor, she was just this wise woman. Her name was Ellen. And she walked up to me and she had been a great customer at one of my stores. I had children's stores back then. And she came in and she just said, hey, Monica, I know you're going through a really hard time. She said, I wanted to give you this book. I feel like it might be of use to you. And my only request is that, you know, that you pass it along to anybody that you find might need it after you. Oh. And, and it was Pema Chodron, When Things Fall Apart. Uh-huh. And that book was like my, it was like my saving grace because when I was lucid or awake enough during that time period, I would just open to a page in that book. And of course, Pema has such a great sense of humor too, like anybody who reads her, right? So it's like, yes, it's Buddhism. It was like the first, it was like finally something spiritual that was starting to make sense to me that wasn't just immersed and soaked in all of this Catholicism and shame, (laughs) you know, that I'd grown up with. And so that really you know, there were these things that, like I said, just started aligning and like these miracles started to happen. Hmm. What were some of the miracles that started to happen for you? 
Well, I think definitely kind of realizing again later that it was all happening for me, like what I just shared about Ellen somehow mm-hmm. knowing and giving me that book, right? Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's a miracle. Then yes, I for there sure. was another experience where toward the end of kind of the nine months, I had one store left and I had a manager that was there kind of operating the stores, but it was still being in the process of closing. And she called me one day because I had to be there and, and she was unable to work that day. So I went in and I literally brought a pillow and blanket because that was like during the economic crash when like <laughs> nobody was shopping. Right. So I, I knew nobody yeah. was going to come in the store, right. we barely hanging on by a thread. <laughs> and so like, I was like laying in the back office, like napping. Right. Yeah. And the door, we had a little like doorbell, you know, mm-hmm. that would yep. go off when somebody mm-hmm. walked through the door. So at this time, right, I had gone to see a psychiatrist like the week before, and he had thought maybe I was bipolar. Mm-hmm. And like, cause during this whole thing, I'm like, what's wrong with me? Right. Like yeah. I didn't have anybody who was like, you're depressed. It's normal. Like you just, your whole world just blew apart. Like go easy on yourself. <laughs> right. I, I didn't have that. Yeah. So I, I went to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist wanted to put me on lithium because it was bipolar disorder. Right. Oh yeah. So, so I'm kind of like having that rolling around in, in my heart and my head, like, is this what's happening? Yeah. You know? And so I come out of the office and there's this Adonis looking woman kind of walking in and she's got these bright blue eyes and short blonde hair. And she kind of looks not very happy though. Okay. And she looks at me and she says, why, why did you call me here? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm, you must have the, you must be wanting the store next door, you know, Ellen's next door. I'm Monica. Good to meet you, but you're probably looking for her. I'm looking for you. Why did you call me here? And I said, I, I didn't, are you from the tax department? Like trying to figure it out. And she just kind of cocks her head and she says, are you ill? Oh boy. And so I, I actually, Shit. I started to cry and I said, do you treat mood disorders? And she said, oh, you don't have a mood disorder. You just need a little help. She said, I'm sorry if I seem, I forget the word she used, grumpy or whatever she said, but today's my day off. And my guides kept telling me to come here today. I'm just glad I came, but it looks like you do need my help. And I'm a doctor of acupuncture and, you know, I'd love it. If you want to make an appointment, I'm I'm here to help. You tell me what you need. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like just, yeah, total miracle, but like also killer strategy as a healer, just like totally trusting your intuition to guide you and having that unapologetic. I'm walking into this place and like you called me here. Wow. That's so powerful. And I mean, also, how could you not work with her at that point? Like she just full on, you don't even know her. And she walks in your store and like, I know there's somebody here I can help. That's unbelievable. So you worked with this woman, of course. I did. I did. Yep. And, (laughs) and what was really interesting was I, I had never had acupuncture before. And, or no, I'm sorry. I'd had it once or twice. Right. But yeah, I had actually had it once or twice. She was definitely a doctor of acupuncture, but what was really interesting was I wasn't getting any relief. So I went to her three times and, you know, they were literally like four days apart. 
So, Mm -hmm. and she knew I wasn't getting any relief. So the third time she actually said, I can tell this is not helping yet. And I want you to keep an open mind, but I'm going to send you to a shaman, a friend of mine. And that was the thing that totally turned everything around. And at that time, again, in my life, I, I don't know what I was expecting, like somebody in robes or what. Right. But this guy was amazing. He was this tall man. He had a Patagonia vest on, he mm-hmm. hiking boots, you know, he had, he kind of had his shingle out as a chiropractor. And so I remember going in and saying, you know, so-and-so told me to come and see you that you're a shaman. And he said, oh, she did. Did she, you know, and he kind of, and damn spiritual people in the language of what are they even, what's happening right now? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, he said, well, you know, I'm going to have you kind of get on my examination table in a minute. Cause he, he was a practicing chiropractor as well. Mm-hmm. And he said, but, but I have a question for you. And I said, okay. You know, I told him that I was depressed, that I had had a really hard time and that I wasn't getting any relief from the acupuncture. So he said, um, do you speak to your loved ones the same way that you speak to yourself? Mm. I mean, I was like, Ooh. well, what do you mean? And he said, Well, he said, I can do what I can do today, but if you keep speaking to yourself the way you speak to yourself, you are going to kill yourself. And I really, I I knew what he was insinuating, Mm. but I hadn't heard the voices yet that I Mm. was, I hadn't heard them the way he wanted me to. And earlier in our conversation, I pointed to the voices that were the inner critics, Mm. but I hadn't really listened yet to what those voices said to me. Right. So about it was just your voice. It was just your inner monologue. Yeah. Just running. So it was about a week later Mm. that I went to the grocery store and I had my bag of groceries and I was walking out to the car and the milk must have leaked and it, the, it bottomed out the grocery bag. Mm. And there I was, but, and there were cars and pedestrians. And there I was with like my now fallen bag on the, you know, the lot. And in that moment, I heard the voices. You're so stupid. You can't do anything right. You're an idiot right? Like all the voices started. Oh. And and then I was like, oh my God, make it stop. Oh, like once I could hear them, right? Yes. I was like, oh, right? Like, yeah. And that became such the practice from mm. that point forward of intercepting those voices, of quieting those voices, mm. of really listening to what those voices were saying and then replacing those voices with Mm. the voices of compassion, Mm. with the voices of self-approval, with the Mm. voices of self-love. And, you know, and so, I mean, there's so many stories like this, Mm -hmm. but this became my life was Mm. from, from kind of this, these whole experiences moving forward. It was like, everything just started to get better and better and better. But it, it was truly like that dark night, like that, mm. that now I read about and I'm like, oh yes, it is the darkest dark, right? Mm-hmm. Like it is just, I wouldn't wish it on anybody and I wish it for everybody. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I think there's like one of those, you know, those inspirational posters that says like nice things on it. But I think there's like a meme of one. It's like, 
you know, it always gets darkest just before it gets pitch black or something along those lines, you know, <laughs> not, not not before the dawn. It just, yeah, but, but I truly see, I, I agree with that. Like, it's great that we can all go through this dark night of the soul, especially as entrepreneurs, especially as leaders, especially as way showers. But that I also see dark nights of the soul as cyclical as well. And like that first big one is like we can we can all remember. We can all remember where we were, what happened and every detail of how we shifted through this darkness into a breakthrough. It's that perspective that we have after we've been through it and we can say like, oh, yeah, light at the end of the tunnels there. But that first one, when we don't know that there's light and we don't have support and we don't know what's going on, it's unforgettable. And now going through dark nights of the soul, I know for me anyways, when I would go through a dark night, my first dark night of the soul, there was no way out. And and I d- it never got easier. It just was like a constant. Now, when things start to get harder, or they get sluggy, sludgy, I can just slow down with them. And I can respect the cycle that I'm in to say, you know, this is not a fruitful summer season right now. We are in a winter and things need to get quiet for a little while. And saying that to myself, knowing that spring will come, is just not here right now. And I also had a friend who we were noticing, I don't even remember what month of the year it was, but I was saying, oh, I was making observations like, oh my gosh, I think it was this time last year that you were in your winter. And she was like, you know what? It was. It was exactly this time, almost to the day of her last sort of winter dark night of the soul season. And so I think it's really important to have these conversations to talk about being coming through it and how you can find support. And I'll actually even in your story of how support really found you to get you out of that state into that next part of your healing journey. That's really incredible. Absolutely. And I love what you're saying because it's true. You know, it's like we have this, these seasons of the soul, you know, and it is very cyclical. And I realized just recently, I mean, sometimes it's just they can be sometimes so long and so subtle that you mm. don't actually know that it's a dark night until you're out now. Oh, like for I've sure. had those too, where I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. Now, yes. right? Like I really was in it back there. <laughs> right, but I, I but I wasn't seeing it, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, there is this way that, like you pointed to, the first one is just kind of so. Wow, like impressive. <laughs> and then, you know, they can sometimes just vary in their degree uh, or mm. their impact mm. as you continue going. But what I love about what I now know is that every time I go through one, like I said, I come I come out with so much more wisdom and there's so much more awareness and trust in the process. And what I've really found is that my body always seems to know the way. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure part of this process for you is learning your body and listening to its cycles, learning about its wisdom, trusting in its wisdom. Absolutely. Because before you were saying that you would be suppressing it and sort of burying it under. But at this point, you probably like, there's nowhere to bury it. 
So we're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I I also kind of talk about this trance of unworthiness, mm. right? And part of what I've also recognized is that we women were socialized to suppress that feminine, all of these feminine values, all of these feminine energies. But the body is really interesting because what I know what's true for myself is that my discomfort within my own body from internalizing all of those messages, it became unbearable for me to be in my body. Mm. And, and so while I say I suppressed, what I really did was disassociate. Yes. Um, and, and I lived in my head all the time mm. versus my body. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really do understand now that part of our part of what we women are up to, I think right now is the work of re-inhabiting ourselves. For sure. Absolutely. I, I mean, even as you said, I wrote down my body and and it's this patriarchal programming that tells us not to trust ourselves. So tells us that we're ugly, that we're stupid. All those inner critics are coming at, it, at us full force from an early age because it's being programmed into us. And so our body isn't a safe place to be. It's not a place that we can trust. And so we do. I know you've gone through a lot of that deep programming from patriarchal society and programming and thought thoughts. And, you know, that's, uh, I think, a big part of the work that you're here to do is really help other women through that as well. Absolutely. Hey, podcast listeners, I wanted to hop here in the middle of the episode just to remind you that I have a brand new series out on my YouTube channel. It's called Emily TV. And what I'm doing is I'm peeling back the curtain so that you can actually be a witness to what it's like to get a one-on-one healing session with me. I have received these wonderful clients who have signed waivers to allow me to use these sessions publicly. This is not just me sharing my stuff. And what you're going to see is five episodes that talk about trusting your inner knowing. That's episode one. We've got identifying and overcoming fears so you can conquer your fears of visibility. I have one on connecting to your higher self. We have one on epic energy expansion. And the final one that we have is really interesting about really clearing ascension blocks. And some of the things that are in your energy field might be things that you don't want there like entities. So I would invite you to come on over to my YouTube channel. You can go there right now, emilyarons.com forward slash YouTube, that's going to take you right to my channel and help you to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. But these episodes are going to drop every single Tuesday on my YouTube channel. So if you subscribe, you won't miss a single one. Now back to this week's episode. And so this self-critical, I wrote that down about this inner critic. And I feel like that's something that we were kind of getting into before we started recording around the inner critic and how that inner critic really stops us from putting our best stuff out there, be it, you know, our own work, our blogs, our books, our podcasts, our offers, how that self-critic, that little inner critic, or maybe big inner critic, is really blocking our success in a huge way. So you've talked about some ways that you learn how to manage those voices and really tune them down or tune up your higher self so that you're listening to that higher self a little bit more prominently. But, you know, you mentioned there was a, 
you were talking about, you were kind of guessing like ballpark, maybe like 85% of us are really getting bogged down in this inner critic place and stopping us from putting out amazing work. Oh, yeah. I'd love to talk some more about that, about this inner critic and how to maybe overcome or combat or to like work with how how would you advise people to to work with this inner critic? Yeah, well, and, you know, for for many of us, we have a small gang, right? Like they're <laughs> or a large gang, whatever, <laughs> you know, but it's a gang, right? I mean, it's it's actually really fun sometimes. Okay, I lied. It's not fun, but it's it's entertaining to actually give the inner critics names, even mm-hmm. dress them up. Because oh, yeah. when you start realizing that these inner critics have personalities, that they actually came to be at a certain point in your life, the other thing to understand is that they actually they mean well. Mm-hmm. They're they're created to actually help you survive. It's just that, you know, when we get to be adults, they don't need to be running the show. Right. Right. And it's just like, um, get in the backseat, right? Like I'm, I'm here now. Right. And there was, and I say, I, and it's more about like really listening to who's screaming the loudest. So those of us who are mothers can kind of understand this real well. And of course, you know, like as, as women, we often can, you know, get this idea of nurturing. I just think that many humans who even identify as women are just very nurturing in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like, okay, who's, voice is screaming the loudest and to turn toward it and just get curious, like, Mm -hmm. and really, like I said, I mean, and you can of course work with a coach to do some of this work, but it's really interesting when we start to identify who those voices are. And most often it's the inner child, you know, who was, you know, and, and and if you want to talk in archetypical terms, there's kind of the wounded inner child Mm -hmm. who kind of shows up in with all of us. And Mm -hmm. that's just the bottom line. And, (laughs) And typically it's one of the inner critics, you know, is, is always the wounded child who, Mm didn't feel seen, who didn't feel heard, you know? So, I mean, I could give you examples, but I have some really interesting ones. I have a perfectionist, mm-hmm. you know, who like always needs to like, we can call her poly perfectionist. It's like, she is just like, she is really hard sometimes to pin down because it, even yesterday she came in, one of my podcast episodes went out and it was like the whole intro was garbled. Mm -hmm. And I like had a panic attack about the fact that it was like out in the public, like God forbid, you know, it's like, and, and suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, you know, like that moment where you're freaking out, but also like, okay, I feel really quite positive that this reaction is an overreaction right now. <laughs> right? right. And just kind of like putting my hand over my heart, you know, even before I can kind of calm down, but just like, just that place where you just can go to yourself and and know that no matter what's going on right now, we can be clear that it's a trigger. Yeah. And if it's a trigger, it's for sure going to have a saboteur or what we call an inner critic that's behind mm-hmm. it. And that particular one is my perfectionist. And mm. she is just really, really triggered. And I've figured mm. out 
that she's the one that's activated the most for me. And I, I was just going to say, you guys sound very familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I would say that that's true for a lot of women. For sure. Because we have been conditioned to believe that anything that is imperfect is messy and somehow a reflection on our ineptitude. Mm -hmm. And so where I go when that happens is what do I need to give myself permission about in this Mm -hmm. moment? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I need to give myself permission to be human. I need to say yes to the mess right now. And I know that when I say yes to the mess and all of it's messy people, right? Like it's messy to like do the inner work because it's, I don't know. It's like, does it ever get comfortable? I mean, it gets better, but when we're triggered, it's messy. Let's face it, you know? So for me, it's really, it's about taking that moment and really allowing myself to just say yes to the mess, get you know, curious about what's going on for me. I may not know in that moment, but just to just kind of soothe myself, nurture myself, be kind Mm. to myself. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful process. I'm, I'm writing down steps for our listeners so that we can recap, because I think what happens when we hear stories like yours is that we get lost in how we do that too. And we think about, oh yeah, my perfectionistic. And then we're off down the rabbit hole into our own issues with, with perfectionism. Yeah. So as a recap, you mentioned about who's sort of the loudest right now and tuning into that. Number two was get curious, which I love getting curious with... <laughs> my triggers, my feelings, my emotions, everything that comes up. I think getting curious is a beautiful place to begin. Number three was putting your hand over your heart. And that is something I'm actively working on when it comes to being triggered by my children, especially, you know, because I I want to serve from a heart-centered place. But when we're in the moment of being triggered, we're in a different place and a different persona sometimes altogether. Um, so number four was going into that trigger, understanding this trigger is somehow connected with one of your inner critics. Mm-hmm. And then you asked a beautiful question is what do I need to give myself permission about? That's a beautiful question. Mm-hmm. Uh, just giving us a little bit of a process to kind of have that space to take a breath. And I mean, in this exact process, it's probably five, 10 seconds worth of just pausing. It's not like we have to stop our day to sit and meditate for an hour to get to this place, but really just giving yourself that space to feel and to sense and to connect. And, you know, if it is this perfectionistic thing and it's being triggered, really understanding like, okay, okay, so nobody's probably going to die because my podcast is grebbled. All right. Like maybe I can just breathe here for a second and feel into this next question. I really, really love this. Do you feel, I know you're super into human design. So sidebar question is, do you feel that maybe there is a correlation between our specific inner critics and our human design type? Like certain human design types might be more triggered by certain things or might have specific inner critics that are more prominent? 
Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. It, interestingly enough, I think those would become more obvious if you kind of overlay the gene keys with the oh, human yeah. design, yes. because the gene keys talk about the shadows and there are certain gene keys that we each have that have very specific shadows. And it would be interesting to see, you know, like, for example, I know that one of my shadows is dishonesty or one of my other shadows is called interference. And that means hmm. different things, hmm. to, right? To different people. And Gene Keys has their own definition for things, but I have loved, I'm going to have to look at it through that lens because hmm. I'm that it's a really interesting question. And I'm, my intuition tells me yes, huh. but I don't know. <laughs> interesting. Well, and I know we've talked about Gene Keys a little bit like, you know, privately too. And it was funny because I went to go look up the Gene Keys book and I went, oh, I've already downloaded it on Audible. Okay, great. I've had this for years. And I'm like, I think I need to get the physical version of the book because I think when I started listening to it, I must have just tuned out and I was like, how long is it? Like, oh, it's 19 days worth. Okay. So it was a lot for me. And I think that's probably why I put it down. But I think that there's something there for me to learn more about because it just keeps like presenting itself like mm, you read this now and I'm like okay okay I get it I will yes, read this it is it's it's fascinating it's really fascinating and my design is I'm a pure generator so okay. but here's here's how it does come in for me is that there are some things I'm a perfectionist about and I'm not even designed to do them. Do you know what I mean? So it like, it just gets absurd, Yeah, you know? And that's where a sense of humor really comes in handy because there's a way that we can just torture ourselves. Mm. And, and I'm really good at that. And mm. so, you know, my mess is my message in that way is mm. I really love revealing everything, but tools that can help me, just recover faster because it's not about transcending our humanity. It's more about transcending the stuff that used to keep us just stuck Yeah, for years and years, you know? Yeah. And so the recovery gets really much faster. And I don't know about you, but, you know, faster is better in my book when, you know, I don't have to live in that suffering place for so long. Yeah, I, I feel the same way for myself. And, you know, I think I get hard on myself in other ways. I don't tend to err on the perfectionistic side. Um, Which I love about you. And I already like know that because the first couple of times that I saw you and I told you this, you were like, okay, I don't know how this is going to go, but, and you were like, well, I just dropped all the cards. So there go. You know, I was just like, oh my gosh, I just love how you embrace the mess. Like, I was just like, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think I take that as a compliment. And I, it's funny. Somebody's like, is that a backhanded compliment? Like somebody was like, I love that you just show up even with your kid with you. And I'm like, is that a bad thing? And, and no, it's I, such a good thing. I, I really appreciate it. And I receive that. Thank you. And I, I think that is also what's difficult about my personality is because I, I do move so fast. I am so energetic that I can, you know, take on too much. And I'm, I don't really care if it's not perfect. Like I, I genuinely don't. I want it to be great. I want it to be excellent. But if it's not, I'm okay with that. 
And so when I started my online business, I was just like throwing spaghetti against the wall. And I was like, let's do more. Let's do more. Let's do more. And then I was like, stop, stop, stop. You can be a genius. You can be excellent. You don't have to do all of the things. And so like I have a, one of my best friends, Teresa, we kind of laugh because we are like kind of opposite personality types. Like if we were at the edge of a cliff, she would be checking like airspeed and the velocity if, and doing calculations in her head. If I was going to make this leap and try this new thing and then off I go, like running off in front of her, flying off of the ledge. And I'm like, we'll figure it out. And she's like, and then suddenly I noticed that I'm tethered to you and now I'm flying in the air after you. So, <laughs> you know, it's good to have people in our life who are kind of, you know, pull. Completely. And uh, what I also want to point out, though, is there's so many different like perfectionism is really sneaky. And mm. so uh, what I want to point out is remember the conversation we were having about podcast recordings and, yes. then you were, and then you were saying like, and I don't really like to listen. Yes. Yes. After. So that's a that's that's a, that's a mm-hmm. form of perfectionism. OK, so for sure. So where we can kind of tend to dismiss perfection is like, oh, that's not me, right? With women, it gets really tricky. And what I've noticed is that, and for our listeners, I have had the honor, right, of working with hundreds, if not thousands of women. And I would say that 85, if not 90% of us have these shame spirals after Mm. we share something or we Mm. allow ourselves to be vulnerable, like, or visible in a podcast or on a video. Yes. And and how you know is that they don't want to share, like, think, think about it as podcast hosts, the way that we actually get people to listen to our podcast is we hope the guest shares it. But if we're interviewing women who are in a shame spiral because they felt like they overshared right Right, now. Now now Emily's like hiding her face, right? Because, and so this is what happens. Like Mm. we have to, we have to start realizing where does it get sneaky Mm. and where do we go small? Because we've got the inner critic. That's like, it wasn't good enough. I didn't sound polished enough. Yes. Because I will be the first person to say like, yeah, I put stuff out there all the time. I fail all the time. I proudly fail fast so that I learn. And there are certain things that I just lose my frigging brains about, you know, (laughs) that I'm like that perfectionist just like loses her brains on some things. Yes. And not others. Yep. And even as you said, shame spiral, I started kind of laughing because I just attended this networking event that the first thing we did was we all went around the room and introduced ourselves. There was like 20 people in the room. And as soon as I, actually, even before, before the event, I was like, I'm going to introduce myself. And, you know, the thing that I say never seems to be the thing that I want to say. And I think I set myself up for that. (laughs) And then after I said who I am and what I do, I sat down and I was like, shoulda, coulda, woulda, da, 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 da. And so that is definitely a sneaky place where perfectionism showed up. And that is that full shame spiral. And, you know, I, I thought of like the do-over. What would I, what would I say differently next time? How would I do it differently? What would I, 
And it's just, it creeps up on us for sure. And I was saying to you before we recorded, I was just a guest on a podcast and I had some friends check in, how did it go? And I was like, eh, well, I don't think it was that great. And they said, what happened? And I told them, they were like, I don't hear what you're saying wasn't great. Like that sounds like an outstanding episode. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, I guess. And that's where I get hard on myself in those kinds of circumstances of, you know, being visible, sharing your message. And even what you said at the beginning of, maybe I need to update the bio. And I think that our bios can be beautiful in helping people understand what we do, but they can also kind of cage us in. Like, this is not all that I do. I do so much more. And it's literally impossible for me to tell you into sentences because it's been a practice for however many decades or whatever we've been doing. It's It can be really challenging. And I'm glad you brought that back up because I don't even think, I mean, I think you and I are so ADD together. I love it. <laughs> and I don't even think I said what I did, but I'm a podcaster and I'm a coach and I'm a writer. So there you go. Okay. Now I, now I can shame spiral, you know, on that later. Just kidding. <laughs> give me something to do. You don't have enough to do. Why don't you shame spiral on how you didn't give a perfect bio? <laughs> so good. That's why you, that's why you read it. So I, I don't bumble through it, you know, right. like you right. look like an idiot. Just kidding. No. Thanks, Emily. You're, You're welcome. welcome. For those of you who like to read Monica's formal bio, go to our website, please. And thank you. That's what we have a website for, for, you know, for people who are visual and want to see all the details. But I mean, I want people to come in and find you, listen to your podcast, Revelation Project, not just my episode, but also dig in even into the archives because you have some amazing episodes. You have some amazing guests, great wisdom that you're sharing, especially for women. This is my audience as well. And I know that's why I wanted to invite you on because I know that you'll resonate with people and they'll need to hear that next step through you as well. And I would love for us to show people or direct people where they can learn more about you and work with you as well. Sure. Thank you so much. Mm. And so you can find out more about me at jointherevelation.com. And, you know, for all the listeners, I, I just always love to say that we're all doing our own revelation project, right? And that's really what it is to me. Like for me, it was my revelation project was all about, you know, just revealing, feeling and healing, right? All of what I had kept running from, first mm -hmm. of all. And then for me, it was about revealing what had been missing, right? This, mm -hmm. this access to my own spirituality, this access to my own divinity, revealing the divine feminine in my life and what that was all about. So like, I feel like everybody has their own, you know, revelation project that, and it, it kind of, for me, it just became this really playful, enchanting way of being with my life. Right. Mm. It was like that, that made it not so heavy and hard and struggle bussy all the time. Right. Mm. And it just, it just allows me to get off the struggle bus and be a little bit more playful. Hmm. And so I'll often say like, well, if I were to put my life inside of the project for a minute and look from that place, Ooh. right, I can see my life a little bit differently. And what I like to always say is more to be revealed, right? When I don't yeah. have the answers, when I don't know right now, it's also my cue to invite the universe to show me. 
Yes. Show me, right? Like show me the next step, show me the next move, you know? Yeah. And so it really becomes this practice for me mm. of being in a true relationship with my life. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I also see part of the importance, I think, specifically of this episode is for people to hear those words. And I know this word, this year specifically is very revealing for a lot of folks. I mean, we're just in Q1 here and just things are shifting rapidly for a lot of people. I have lost count of the number of friends slash new acquaintances who have made enormous shifts and pivots in their business, in their life, just in the first few months of 2022. And I think there's just more of that to come. So I think it's great timing for this episode to just reinforce that it's okay to have a little bit of mess sometimes and also understand that there can be maybe sometimes or lots of times where we're really hard on ourselves and looking at how are we being perfectionistic and how are these inner critics kind of showing up for us when we're in the middle of a change or a pivot? And, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes, and especially for me, because I've made a huge pivot this year, I stopped doing my uh, small, they're kind of bigger group, my group coaching masterminds. And I'm not saying I'm done forever, but it's a pause. It's a no for right now. And it's opening up so many opportunities for me to dive even deeper into things that I love or that have been kind of over on the wayside, just not really getting the love and attention they needed. But as I'm through this process, there's change. And sometimes just vocalizing it, like I might say something to my husband and he'll be like, if there's one thing I know about you is like, you gotta, you're going to figure it out and you're going to come out the other end and you are innovative and you'll make it work. And like, I know these things and I don't need him to say it, but I kind of need him to say it sometimes because I can go back to that dark night. I can go back to that dark place because I was very cozy there. And it's like my body is imprinted. It's got my name on it. I know where it is. And it's so easy to kind of stay in that dark place. And maybe it's self-loathing. Maybe it's being too hard on ourselves. Maybe it's perfectionism. Maybe it's just forgetting, right? I mean, I forget all the time. I forget. I forget mm. that I'm human. I forget that Ugh. we're in a dark night. I forget that things change. I forget that I'm pivoting. I forget yes. to give myself space, right? right? Like, I forget. Right. I f love that. I forget that I'm pivoting. I forget. That I'm great. I forget that I'm great all the time. Right? I, for I forget that I just put together this new thing in like six weeks and I'm kicking ass, by the way. <laughs> yes. Well right? bragged. I love what it. The hell? Yes. And so I really appreciate this conversation. I appreciate you bringing this up and your vulnerability because I know it gives everybody permission to open up for their own stories and their own darkness as well, because no matter how bright we shine that light, and especially for people who are here to lead the way, we put unrealistic expectations on ourselves to be perfect and to show up like, look, well, I know I used to think that way too. Like, well, I can't teach people about this if I haven't perfected this. Like, well, that's never gonna happen. You're never gonna reach that stage of perfection in your own mind even but there's always somebody you can help. And so it's okay that we do things imperfectly because we are Outer here for the people in the back. Yeah, right. 
It is. It's it's okay that we are. And what's interesting is I remember th- like one time I, I posted this like really puffy faced, just like crying my eyes out. I, you know, was having a rough, a rough streak. And I posted it thinking like, you know what? I'm okay if people just think I'm a total piece of shit right now. Because That's the day you made the most friends, right? Oh my God. The <laughs> it was it was really just like F everything. I suck. They and everybody's like, I yeah. <laughs> I so love you. Laughing, right. more follows. Like this woman is you're so authentic. I was like. No, I thought you meant you. I thought you were gonna actually hate me and like stone me on Instagram or whatever no, happened. Like, thank it's like thank God for you that day, right? It's just those days that people are just like, yep, feeling it all, and uh-huh. it, it's just like yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, all the yes. And I think that's also part of how it's hard because, like. Like now, now should I post a picture of myself when I'm in like the lowest place? And, you know, how much is too much? How much are we sharing? How much are we holding back? I think that that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But part of this process of as we're processing, not having to be public as we're processing. And that's something that I've been in the practice of doing is really not necessarily pulling back the curtain when I'm in that dark place and coming back and sharing maybe parts of it through podcasting of saying like, this is what I've just been going through and here's what I took from it. So I can share it from maybe a different perspective versus like, you know what? I'm just going to end everything right now, guys. I don't know why I'm doing this. (laughs) So I've kind of passed through it a little bit, but again, I think this is a really important conversation to talk about as people are pivoting throughout the year. And probably one you guys are going to want to save and come back to listen to a few times. Absolutely. (laughs) And yeah, and and I've loved it too. I mean, this, this is the kind of conversation that always gives me life, you know, Mm. because, because it is very real. And I think we always forget to go back to what we were saying before. And we just, it's so good to have people who remind us all the time that it's okay. It's okay. This is, this is hard, you know, it's, and it's, it's all the other things too. It's magical. It's amazing. It's challenging. It's all, Mm. it's all of it. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the other piece of this is like, it all gets to belong. Yeah. Amen. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Thank you for being here, Monica. Thank you for having me. It's been great to chat with you and giggle as always. We just like, we really can't stop ourselves, which is a good thing. I love that. I do too. Listeners, thank you for being here. Make sure that you check out the Revelation Project. Again, all the links to Monica's formal bio, as well as all of the ways you can work with her will be in the show notes as well. Make sure you follow subscribe, leave us a nice review. If this episode resonate with you, please take a screenshot, tag me and Monica on your Instagram stories so that we can say hello to you and hear what your biggest ahas and takeaways were. Even if it was just like, yep, I needed to hear that. We would be so happy and honored to know that our work has touched you in that way. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Monica, for being here. Lots of love to you. I'll see you all in next week's episode.